cliffcentral.com Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and cliffcentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Today we have something extremely different. Joining me as co-presenter for this one show only is a man known for his enthusiasm and exuberance. He's known by his many fans as the good things guy. He is the South African answer to Graham Norton. The South African answer to Graham Norton. Apparently, you know, I've never been introduced as that. I've heard a couple of things along the way. But uh, South Africa's answer to Graham Norton, I'll take it. Uh, Brent has got the same energy. If you watch Graham Norton, you'll see the same kind of energy. Lovely to have him in studio. Welcome to you, Brent. Thanks. It's great to be here. I, 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 I was saying, Gary, I was last on your show four years ago when uh, I did that neck nomination. Yes, and your yes. show was on a different station and in a different yes. lifetime. And, yes. and before then, I'd never been on radio. So one of the first radio gigs I ever did was with you. That's true. Look at me yeah. now. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm being called Graham well, Norton. Well, well, tell us about the show that you present on Cliff Central as well. Right. And, so, and why are you here today, Brent? So I do, I do the good stuff. It's every Tuesday, uh, hour and a half before your show on, uh, on Tuesdays. And it's all about good news. I do good news, good things, only good things happening in the world. And I, I try and just inspire and motivate and change the national conversation because I think it's really important. But today I'm here because, um, actually I don't know why I'm here. You've, you've invited me because we're speaking about organ donation, right? Well, we're doing the same, partly the same show earlier, two hours ago. You also had organ donation on your show. I did. So I've, I've, we, we kind of had the same guests. I said, we'll bring them in and come back and, and we'll join just, me. we'll just do it all together. I had the, the love life, gift life girls on my show and, uh, and you've roped them into your show as well. Yes, true. Okay, uh, joining us today as well is, as usual, our contributor, Lionel Makokotlela. You can curtsy lines. Uh, welcome Hello. to you. Great, great to see Greg in our studio and to our fabulous guest. Good luck, enjoy and welcome for coming in. Before we introduce our fabulous guests, as you call them, let's uh, give out our email address, law at cliffcentral.com. Certainly. Lines, you want to give out the Twitter handle? The Twitter handle is at HetzLaw, uh, uh, which is H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Please do co- uh, like our Facebook page. Give us a comment. Anything that you'd like us to talk about, give us a, any hints, and we'll do so. Facebook page, The Laws, Laws of, of Life, Life with Gary Hertz. Exactly. Like the page, and you can also just leave your comments there. Let's introduce our studio guest today, the man who said he's lived with a donor kidney for 30 years. Nelly. Nelly 30. It's going to be 30 on the 19th of October, which is my birthday as well. Welcome to you, Jacques Lambiotti. Good to have you in studio. It's nearly 30 years. Wonderful. We're going to go into a bit of detail on that one. Also with us today is Shailene Perry. Welcome to you, Shailene. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having us on your show. Yeah, and uh, together with you is Fawn Rogers. Both of you are organ recipients. That's yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You look terrific. I mean, no one would know. So, oh, thank uh, you. Look That's the point of organ donation. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. Later in the show, we're going to be talking to Jessica Nibs of the Santon Chronicle about a Cape Town concern that is offering organs and tissues for sale. 
And uh, I don't know whether it's a prank or a promotion or a hoax, whatever it is. Uh, Jessica is going to tell us all about it. So stay online for that one. It's a goodie. Good. Let's talk to the man who turns his, his kidney turns 30 in his body on the 19th of October. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Yeah. Looking forward for the next 30. <laughs> you, well, let's hope so. You're 69 years old. Correct. Jacques, you're, um, you're fit. You play tennis, I believe. and you can, Yes, two, you know. three times a week, depending how I feel about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, definitely that's a part of my medication. I trace uh, an accent, a French accent. Where are you from originally? Yes, uh, born in, in uh, Congo, Belgium, Congo, DRC. Yeah. Yeah. When did you come to South Africa? In 1972. Okay. When did you know that things were going wrong with your existing body, with your kidney? Well, you know, my mom, my mom has been suffering from uh, polycystic kidney, which mm. apparently is hereditary. Mm. And in those days, uh, people used to die so-called from a heart attack, uh, but they couldn't sort of pinpoint the reason for it. Mm-hmm. And over the years, with the technologies improving, uh, they eventually found out that was a cause of it. It was a polycystic kidney. And uh, my mum and uh, a few of our other brothers and sister inherited to the same disease. But remember, there were six of them, and I think four of them out of six had the polycystic kidney problem. So it's a genetic disorder? It's a, de- yeah. a genetic disorder. Mm. But the, the the funny thing is they said to you, if if you marry sort of out of your sort of, please, uh, your, your, your nationality, because, you know, I think you found, especially in Holland and Belgium, people very much as close societies and they are somehow connected far back. Mm. So me married completely out of my nationality. We thought, well, we'll limit or reduce, if any, the risk of uh, my children having the same problem. And guess what? Ten out of ten, my three three children's got exactly the same thing. So it's somehow it's a very powerful mm. gene. And um, but again, thank goodness for the generosity of uh, the donor and the donor's uh, family. Yeah. To decide to 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 provide me with the biggest gift of life, who allow me to to enjoy life to the fullest, never mind my wife, my children, my grandchildren, and who know even my grand grandchildren. But it's a it's a it's a wonderful gift that uh, one uh, must appreciate, and believe me, I appreciate it every day. Just the fact that I can go to the loo and have a wee—that's already yeah, that's a luxury. I mean, being uh, having a kidney uh, for 30 years is quite something. What is the, the longest, do you know, right now in I the world? I think it's well in the 30s, as far as I know, but I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, obviously it's getting, the list is getting thinner and thinner as we, uh, we, as we go into the 30. I'm not sure if there's anybody who's over the 40, mm-hmm. Uh, but I know definitely people. How long uh, did you wait for your donor kidney? I was very lucky. I only wait, I think, for about nine months. Mm. I was very, very lucky. I think because I've got a B plus uh, blood, blood group. Yeah. Did you go for dialysis? Did they have that then? Forgive yes. my ignorance. Yes. Is, yes. is that yeah, been no. going for many years? Dialysis. 
Yes, uh, I've been on Dallas, but as I say, obviously only for nine months, which is very lucky yeah. in relation. Some people used to go for much longer. Brent, do you know more about that? Well, I've just actually Googled it while we're yeah. sitting talking here. And uh, there was an article released last year, 2016, a great grand becomes longest surviving transplant patient after kidney donation 38 years ago. She's 80 years old. She received her kidney in 1978. So you're saying that you are looking forward to the next 30 years. I see that coming. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the um, you you when you arrived in South Africa, were you were you in jeopardy? Your your no, no no. You know, I think you sort of maybe in denial. Mm. You you know your mum's got it, and 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 you you've got other things in your mind. You're full of energies and scheme and intention. You just came, I came in this country, chucking, couldn't speak a word of English. Mm. It must have been 20 or 22, uh, ran left in my pocket. And, 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 and the world at your feet and you just try to make the best of it. Uh, and, and as I say, you've got a lot of the other issues, you're full of energies and whatever you. But, uh, and eventually, uh, I got, uh, kidney stones. Mm-hmm. And because of family history, uh, we sort of say, well, please remove those kidney stones and then check it uh, at the same time if I might, I might have the same problem. And that's how they found out that they had exactly the same problem as, as my, uh, my mum's side yeah. at the time. But, you know, you it's, it's, it's a situation you accept it. You've got the energy, you've got the stamina, and you just carry on and hope for the best. Now, what was the, the balance there? It was either a transplant or being on dialysis forever, or is, was that not an option? Well, I think you've got no option. Either you're on a dialysis mm. or you get a donor, a candy, and, and, and allow you to live a normal life. Could you, could you at, in your 30s, when this happened, Remained on dialysis forever if you couldn't find a donor, or do you eventually? Well, yes, I, I believe, I believe, uh, people do stay for 25, 30 years, I think, uh, on dialysis. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's really impeded your, your, your life altogether because wherever you go, you must want to make sure that you've got a facility of dialysis on the other side, wherever you go. So you 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 in a way always attached to to a piece of uh, equipment mm. to 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 clean your 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 blood. Who was your donor, Jacques? Do you know who it was? No, I don't. Uh, did, did they not tell you? No, at the no. time they didn't. And no. and 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 at one stage, uh, was it someone who died or someone who was alive? Uh, somebody died. Usually, fortunately, a motorbike accident. Mm. But funny enough, I got my first. Tra- I got a one transplant uh, from a, a kidney from a, a child of fourteen years old. Uh, I think it was August. Yeah, uh, August uh, nineteen eighty-seven. He was playing with his friend onto a mine dump, digging a tunnel, and the, the tunnel uh, just collapsed on him. Mm. He was 14 years old, and I was very really lucky to have his kidney, but because of bad surgery, uh, I think 10 days later, I lost it. Mm. But thank goodness, uh, nine weeks later, I got a second one. And Is your body very scarred? 
Because I think you today, know, today, I may be wrong, I think they do it laparoscop- laparoscopically. What's the word? Yes. Yeah, I think I think they may do it that way. In those days, they used to cut you open. It, it shows you it shows you how the body is uh, such a mass, fantastic, beautiful piece of equipment. Please excuse me to mention, but when you see the amount of scar and the cut it and 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 what you your hand and uh, uh, arms and and uh, and of course you know on the kidney part yeah. look like it, and over the years it's just almost gone. It just just repaired itself, and and it's 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 absolutely unbelievable. You never had the opportunity of thanking your donor. I was looking yeah. for it, but I believe after ten years they actually deleted all the information, and at the time mm. they were stopping people to to contact uh, the donor's family uh, for various reasons. But I just thought with the time, it would be very good to sort of meet uh, the the donor's family mm. to basically to 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 show very much my appreciation and show how powerful uh, donating an organ mm. to a human being uh, can be because it allowed me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't never been able to do it. I've got a fantastic story. I'm going to play it for you now. I've interviewed a man in the past. Who, um, who also had kidney problems, and he was he was a great surfer, 53 years old, and the doctor said, "Listen, that's the end of you. You uh, can no longer surf. You're done, boy. You uh, you're going to go on to dialysis for the rest of your life." Um, let's take a listen to this. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about it. It concerns the donor. That's why yes. I'm raising this. In studio today, we have the recipients. Let's hear about the donor side. Yes. Uh, anyone listening to this, you're going to have a box. You, you need a box of tissues next to you because it's. I it's, can believe it. It's I very teary. It's, it's, yeah. It is so very heartwarming. It's, it's very powerful. After this, we'll talk to Shailene and. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's take a listen. Chris, you told us about a year ago that um, you were a great surfer. You're 53 years old, or you were then, and uh, something terrible happened to you. What was it? Well, my kidneys failed in uh, uh, about two years ago. The kidneys failed, and um, that was the end of surfing, diving, long hikes along the coast. Mm. It was pretty much the end of um, life as I knew it. On the 26th of May... And, you know, I still battle not to weep when I speak of this, but, so excuse me if I do, but um, I was approached during dialysis by an old friend, Janet Stone. And Janet basically said to me, look, you're suffering, I'm here for you, my kidney is yours. Mm. She never once faltered, she never backed down, and there were some really, really difficult aspects to the process, but she was always there. And on the 26th of May this year, at the Chris Barnard Memorial Hospital, Janet's kidney left her body and was placed inside mine. Mm. I no longer have to go to dialysis anymore. And that in itself is, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got my life back. Okay, um, that's the clip. You remember that, Kate? Yes, it was very, very touching. It was very tearful. I think we all were in studio. We had a big studio that day and most of us were tearful to think that some Woman has saved the life of another. So we're going to speak to that woman. Her name is Janet Stone. Let's call on her to talk to us. Hello, Janet. Hi, Gary. Janet, you heard that clip? I did. It's actually, 
it's made quite an impact on me. I know Chris and I, we see each other quite often. Um, but to hear that, uh, it, it kind of brought everything back into focus again. It's been almost a year now. Mm. And, yeah, I, I think about it often, but uh, mostly it's, it feels like a dream. So, Janice, you are living with one kidney, and one was donated to Chris. To Chris, Yeah, yes. how are you doing health-wise? Absolutely, 100%, absolutely. Uh, my, my family and I have always been open about uh, donation after death. So, you know, it wasn't a new discuss- discussion. Uh, it was just a new angle. And um, I spoke to... First, well, I spoke to the children, and they were all happy with it. And then I spoke to my husband, and he said, you know what, it's actually not a surprise. You've always wanted to be a donor. This is just a little bit sooner than expected. And so uh, I contacted Chris and Linda and said, okay, it's a go. And from then, it was the test. Janet, how can, any, how can Chris or anyone ever repay you for this? There is no repayment. You know what, I think... Being alive and being able to witness the effect of donating a kidney is it, it is the most amazing reward. Um, you don't need you don't need any anything else really. Uh, just to be able to see Chris come alive, he's able to do things he wasn't able to do. They say that you're never too old to donate an organ. What age were you when you donated this? Um, I was 56. Mm. I believe there are older donors, um, and I think so long as you, you, you know, your health is okay, you go through rigorous tests. They won't take a kidney um, if, if they, you know, if your health is questionable. So, Janet, with, <laughs> with one kidney, both of you have one kidney. You can live uh, a normal, healthy life, both of Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yes, what happens is my kidney, um, my remaining kidney, um, has enlarged. That's why they say the first couple of months um, you may experience, uh, you know, sort of tiredness. Personally, I, I felt a little bit in the first couple of weeks, but after that it was fine. But what happens is the kidney actually enlarges to take up the load of the missing kidney. And the same thing would have happened with Chris. You're a special angel, and I know that Chris wants to publicly thank you. And how do we do this? I mean, you'd like to stand on the on the steps of the town hall and, and say how wonderful you are, but we've done something special today on Cliff Central. We always pull rabbits out the hat. We've actually got Chris on the line right now, and we're going to bring yes. – don't go away. We're going to bring him on, and he's going to talk to you and thank you. So. Oh, great. Thank you. Chris? Yes. Hi. Talk to us. You've heard Janet saying what she did. How do you feel? Well, I can't hear Janet right now. I can only hear you because my phone is away from the computer. But um, can she hear me? Janet? Yes, I can. Yes, yeah. How do I thank Janet Stone? Yeah, how do you thank her? Yep. You don't. You can't. Um, This is is unbelievable. You know, there, there, there are... The reason that we are having this phone call right now, in other words, the reason that I'm alive to be speaking to you, the reasons are two people. My living donor, Janet. Hi, Janet. I love you, Janet. Thank you, Janet. 
And my life partner, the woman who married me in 1996, the unsung heroine, Linda Newton-Bodgers. Without those two women, we would not be having this conversation today. And without those two women in my life and their love, I would not have been able to pack my rucksack last Tuesday and hike 20 kilometers from Morgan Bay to Haga Haga along the coastline on my own. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And for me, that's the greatest thing in my life, to walk along the coastline, usually with my dog and a lovely packed lunch that Linda's made for me. That's it. And I did it on Tuesday. I did it. I tested Sophia. I took her for a hike. Sophia is my new kidney, by the way. And and we went walking together. We walked 20 k. So Linda and Janet, you know, people say, how do you thank them? I don't know. Janet? I don't yeah, know. you know, I think for Chris, um, the thanks is the fact that he's alive and enjoying his life. That is thanks enough for me. Yeah, this is one of the most <coughs> touching shows I've done in, in, in many a year getting the two of you together. And I think we all have tears in our eyes here in studio. It's wonderful news. It's happy. It's great. It's beautiful. I was glad to be here. Well done, Janet. God will bless you for this. Yes, Janet. uh, A contribute. Yeah, Roy Sutner. Uh, Janet, there's a Talmudic expression which says, uh, one who saves one life is as if you saved the world. Mm, Absolutely. That's awesome. That's correct, for sure. (laughs) Charles Dickens, I've also got a quote. He says, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of another. True as well. Well done to you, Janet, and all you did for Chris. Thank you for for letting me share. And uh, please, I just urge people to think about organ donation. It isn't necessarily for everyone, but... um, there are plenty of people out there who I feel could if they just knew how to do it. It's very touching, isn't it, Brent? We back live. Yeah. Man, I um what I love about what you've just played and the interview that just took place is that you highlight the importance. And there are so many myths around organ donation. There are so many um different concepts and perceptions, but the reality is right there. It's life-saving, and it's giving it's giving human beings a second chance. Um, it's a beautiful story that Janet uh, was alive when it all happened, and and that she was able to give a piece of herself to someone else in order for them to survive. And I I don't, um, you know, I'm an organ donor, and if someone needs a kidney, I'm here. That's all I'm saying. The story is just the witnessing of the remarkable work that you did by giving a piece of you to somebody else so that they live a normal life. And that is just powerful beyond words. There's nothing as great as just giving life to someone else. Let's talk to Shailene Perry for a moment. Shailene, you're a lung transplant recipient. Yes, that's right. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing really well, thank you. I actually only got my transplant last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of a year out and... Yeah, things have been great this last year. You're a young mommy? Yes, I am. I've got a little daughter. She's turning four in about two weeks. So um, 
Yeah, I was, when I got sick, she was actually only a year old. So that was obviously quite a frightening reality for me. Um, waiting for lungs is slightly different to kidneys because you aren't offered something like dialysis to sort of extend your life until you can find an organ. Mm. So waiting for lungs is very sort of time sensitive. And whilst you have oxygen to help you with um, sort of day to day life, it, that's also very limiting because you attach to a pipe at your house pretty much the whole time. Um, so yeah, it was very hard. I couldn't really be a proper mom in the sense of the word where I had to stay at home the whole time whilst daddy and my little daughter went out and I missed a lot of things for her growing up, but I was very fortunate to get my call in time and, um, get my transplant. So, yes. yeah, I think the emphasis today is on, on people. We want people to donate. That's yes. what we're looking at. And that's why I'm kind of, I played that clip and I want to ask you all, uh, do you know who your donor was? No, so I don't know who my donor was, but um, something you ask Shark whether you get a chance to thank your donor is they do allow you, well, at least these days, um, you are allowed to write a letter to your donor family just to, it, it does have to be kept confidential, obviously for various reasons from both sides, the donor family and the recipient side. Um, but yes, you are allowed to write a letter to the donor family just to, well, like um, your what do you speaker say? said, well, how do you well thank that's, I think Chris, like Chris yeah, said in your yeah, little um, yeah. clip there, you can't actually thank someone for mm. saving your life. I mean, how can I put into words, thank you for allowing me to still be here. Thank you for letting my daughter have a mom. Thank you for letting my husband have a wife. And this, I mean, organ donation touches so many lives besides yourself directly. It saves families. It saves friends. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you you can't really put it into words, but I hope that maybe it offers some sort of um, bit of peace or comfort to the donor family, just to know that... How does that it work with the lung? I know with the kidney, you've got two and you can live with one. Uh, how does it work with lungs? Well, um, unfortunately with lungs, like I was saying, there's no machine to sort of replace its function. Mm. Oxygen machines can help to an extent, um, but they're just more, I would say, relieve discomfort. Um, so lungs, literally, if you don't get a donor in time, you do pass away. Um, so there's nothing else that they can offer you. Who would have donated their lung to you? Someone that was past, passing yes, away? Yes, it would have had. To, yeah, so it would have had to have been from someone. So who how does away. it work in practice? Does somebody die and then immediately they take the lung out? Is that yes? So um, so once someone has declared brainstem death, yes. which is sort of irreversible brain damage, um, you know, I, I, the transplant coordinators do approach the family to ask for con- consent of the mm-hmm. um, for them to be an organ donor. A lot of organs are very time sensitive on how long they can be out the body. So, for example, lungs can only be out the body for a maximum of four hours. Mm. So the time period is quite um, very short. Were you like rushed in? Did they? Yeah, <laughs> so they do. It, yeah. It's it's literally mm. almost like the movies where mm. I had almost a hosp- I did have a hospital bag packed. It was waiting mm. at the door. We had emergency plans in place. Who's going to phone who? Who takes me to the hospital? And backup plans and backup plans on that too. So, yes, you get a phone call and um, depending on the circumstances, some people almost have 20 minutes to get to the hospital. Mm. Um, but I was basically told be here within the hour. So we quickly dropped off my daughter to a friend's house where to sleep over there and we went straight to hospital. How long is it? Uh, did you say you waited? Did you tell me how long you waited um, for a lung? No, so I waited a year for yeah. a lung. What's the average wait for a lung? Um, it's very hard to say. So lungs is slightly different just because the matching criteria um, is different to a kidney. Yeah. Obviously, besides your blood group and tissue type, you also have a size requirement. 
it has to fit in your body. So it's actually quite tricky and difficult to find a matching donor for lungs. Yeah, I mean, there's all we're saying we want to convey today is that we wish more people would put their names down. For yes, I mean, well, I think that's. Yeah. And unless it's kind of against your religion, and there are some religions, I'm Jewish, I think it's against my religion. I think uh, Muslims are also prevented. But if not, I mean, well, why I not? Think, um, Actually, Brent rightly says he's an organ uh, donor. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Sorry, let me put my mic on. I'm here, and I've publicly said it a couple of times that I'm an organ donor. It's... it's uh, Honestly, I don't care about religion. It's about giving humans that chance at life. Mm. It's saving seven lives. You're giving it's seven different people the opportunity to survive, which I think is so important. Um, I, I see my body as a vehicle right now. And when I'm no longer driving that vehicle, someone else can have the parts. I don't mind at all. And, and just hearing that interview, if I'm alive and I'm able to do that, flip man, I'll do that too because, you, because we can. Um, in the show this morning, one of the interesting things, and I'll let Fawn sort of bring it up, but it's not enough just to have your name on the organ donor list. That that doesn't that's not the be all and end all. Fawn, if you can just sort of yeah, explain, it's, take that's us not through enough. Fawn, how it works? Yeah. Uh, yeah so like First of all, just tell us who you are and what you're a recipient of. Um, so I'm um, also a lung transplant recipient. I had double lung. Um, so Shailene had one lung. So at, to answer your question earlier, you can with lungs the same as kidneys, you can survive with one, but you can't be a living. Uh, donor of a lung you need to have passed away so that's, that's just the, the difference there mm. so I am um, yeah I received two beautiful lungs from my donor who I don't know who they are but I'm very grateful to them and their family for making that decision mm. um, so yeah earlier in Brent's show I was just saying that um, to be registered as an organ donor is great because you've you know expressed your wishes but unfortunately in this country at time of death your family are approached and they ultimately make the decision. So your family are asked if you, if they would consider donating their son, daughter, mom, dad. And if their decision is no, then that's the decision. So, um, with Love Life, Gift Life, our um, message to the public is to speak to your family and tell them yeah. of your wishes. Don't just go and register and um, leave it at that. You really need to speak to your family and, and tell them why it's an, an important thing for you. Yeah. I think, lines we've often spoken about a living will, oh, certainly and that is. would take care of this. Oh, so in your living will, you say, or in your dying will, both mm-hmm. you should provide for this, that I want to be a, 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 a organ, don- organ donor. donor. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's very important for people to really uh, now start examining their position, because at the end of the day, we live in a very um, global environment or global world where we are really interconnected in one way or another. So uh, given our backgrounds, we need to really start questioning what can we possibly give to the universe if I can save one life, which is going to really connect another unit of a family. Why not? It's just an organ donor yeah. and you are not going to use it. Whether you die with all your parts, at the end of the day, you have saved somebody else's life. And that's what life is all about. Let's talk about the, the rural areas where people die in mass, I think, uh, or much more than, than up here in the cities. Do they know about this? I mean, how's the message being conveyed no, to them, Lions? Do they it, know to donate organs? No, they is don't. It a culture? It's a cultural thing, and in 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 in, in more than uh, in more ways than one, it's seen as a taboo, uh, especially in the black community, where you are actually said you need to actually go back to your ancestors with all your organs. 
And for that, it's just something that people also need to start examining their own position. Can that be changed? I mean, can yes. you, can we teach people in areas that Certainly. there are others that really need it? Can yes. We, uh, it, can it, we change the mindset? We can. And I think the only way we can start doing it is by actually having more dialogues like this and actually making sure that we have people who have actually been the recipient of these organs to come and really speak about their gratitude as well as what this uh, organs have actually done to them. So that they get to see the impact, get to interact with the impact of what organ don- uh, donation can actually do to, uh, to people's lives. And I really think it is very, very much possible. It's part and parcel of education because yeah. most people don't know about it. And as a result, they wouldn't actually see it differently because they don't know anything about it. The same as HIV and AIDS when it all started. Within the black community, children were actually excluded. But nowadays people know about it and... You know, it's just become a norm. We talk about it and you educate me. I saw a stat somewhere. I'm not sure of what website. It says that in South Africa, less than 0.2% of people are registered as organ donors. Is it off your site? Guys, I, I'm not sure. I really think Sh- that would be correct. but I, cause It's most a people tragedy don't. if that is the stat. Less than 0.2% yeah. are registered as donors. Would that, Fawn, would that be about right? Yeah. Um, yes, uh, the stat that we have is actually less than 0.1. So, um, it's, it's really, the situation is, it's, it's, it's not good at all. I mean, when you look at the high death rate we have in South Africa, Mm. I mean, the potential not to sort of, you know, sound off sides, but the potential of organ donors is there. We shouldn't have anybody waiting for organs when there's such a high death rate. So we're not wanting, we're not wanting to increase the death rate. We're not wanting to change. We're just saying, guys, if you are going to pass away, like, Pass away as a hero and make a difference in your last. Well, how do we get to Brent? You may have a good idea on this one. How do we get? To, is it the mortuaries you want to get to? Is it the hospitals? Well, I, I mean, on my show, and, and yeah. Fawn can break down what what their organisation is doing, which is phenomenal. Um, Love Life Gift Life is just doing incredible stuff mm. for South Africa. But what I said, and I I live in a different world. I've got rose tinted glasses on all the time. But what I said is, wouldn't it be cool if you were born? On the organ donor list, and you had to opt out, then we wouldn't have this problem. Mm. It's the opting in. It's that. It's that one step that people have to take. That is almost the barrier. Before I met Fawn, so Fawn and I go way back. We're friends. And before I, I met her and I heard her story, she's she's had her beautiful lungs for four years now. We celebrate every year. Um, she stands up and and says a big thank you to. Her organ donor. It's 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 a beautiful thing that she's here and she's able to to live a, a normal life and and you know be there and it's flipping cool. Um, but before I met her, I wasn't against organ donation. I wasn't for it. You just didn't know enough of it. Just it, yeah, it didn't feature not, in my life. Yeah. It wasn't something I that I that I would speak us, about. Yeah. 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 May I ask you, are you a mommy as well? or No, 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 no. I'm, not a, I'm not a mommy. But, okay. I mean, like we said, apart from saving my life, I mean, I've obviously got a loving family. And it's, mm, it's sure. you know, I am the daughter in this case that was saved. Mm. And so, you know, I say thank you to my organ donor, not only for me, but for my family who fought so hard to, to keep me here. And they, What age are you one. for, if I may ask? I'm 29. Okay. Yeah. So you're 29. <laughs> uh, uh, 30, you've, got, you've had a, a kidney for 30 years. You are 69, Jacques. And uh, Shaylee? I'm 33. 33. The three of you are living very healthy, normal lives. Is that is that correct? Yes. And that's like, let's talk to your wife for a second. Come forward if you don't mind. You didn't expect this, did you? <laughs> Tell us about your, your husband, Jacques, from your perspective as a wife. You've been with him for 45 years, I believe. How's he doing? 
Um, he's very, very well. He has mm. no restrictions whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's just a bit of old age now creeping in. <laughs> but he plays tennis, he eats and does exactly. We travel extensively. Mm. And we've never allowed, he's never allowed the kidney transplant to get in his way. Uh, my biggest fear when, when uh, he w- became ill, because I'd like to mention the particular disease he has only uh, manifests itself after the age of 30. Mm. So uh, he was about 30. He was only ill for about a year before he got the transplant. Um, but my biggest fear, I had three young children. My eldest son was 10, another one of eight, and then a little little one of a year old. Um, I, my biggest fear was that, that he wouldn't see them grow up. And uh, today, today he's well, all three of them, all married, and we have now five grandchildren. Mm. So it's something we never ever anticipated. But um, he's always faced life, um, just taken it on. Mm. He never allowed his condition, in inverted commas, uh, hold him back. He, he, Can he uh, eat everything? Can he drink? He lives a very, very um, uh, healthy life. Also, mm. He has a, a, a very balanced life. Mm. Uh, there's nothing restricted. He'll have a drink, but he certainly um, doesn't. Sometimes he'll say, no, I'm not going to have a glass of wine. Uh, my body doesn't feel like it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, he eats absolutely everything. He, he plays tennis. It worries me. I say, please don't go out there. <laughs> And kill yourself. I don't want you dropping dead from a heart attack after all this. But, uh, he does, but he's yeah. he's he's. You could have a heart transplant as well, maybe. No, no, no we won't go there. Yeah. And um, he uh, uh, he's just actually been in hospital last week for the first time in thirty years. Oh. Nothing to do with his kidney or anything else. He got a septic finger and he had to have the oh. nail removed. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> so that in yeah. 30 years. Yeah, lovely to hear. Isn't yes. it? This is heartwarming, marvelous yeah. story. Yeah. Let's talk about there's a, there's a sick story, very sick or sick in, in, in every way. You know, sick is used in a happy way as well today. That's making headlines in the Santon Chronicle, which is something that I read religiously. It's where I get my information from. There's a Cape Town company advertising kidneys and all kinds of organs and tissues, uh, which is against the law, uh, the way they're doing it, and um, the Santon Chronicle got their teeth into this one. So let's welcome one of their star journalists. Are you a journalist? I am. One of their star journalists. It's Jessica Nibs. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pronounce it. It's spelled K-N-I-B-B-S. Silent K, yes. Yes, Silent yes. K. <laughs> Jess, what's going on? I mean, what, what is the story all about? So basically, I got the details passed on by my editor, Megan Tayak, and it stated that uh, two weeks ago, there was a lady in Durban that was handing out pamphlets uh, at Tiger Valley to passing motorists. And on this pamphlet, it was advertising the services of a new day clinic. Um, and with the tagline being where you can get the body part you want within a week, and uh, transplants offered at their world-class medical facility. Uh, so I did a bit of investigation and had a look at their website, uh, which was pretty shocking. It was stating things like 3.5 million on offer for a kidney, 
two million for a liver. A uh, pair of eyeballs will cost you twenty thousand rand, and uh, charging one hundred and forty rand per square centimeter of skin. Um, so, according to this website, the clinic is based in Cape Town, and the leading transplant uh, transplant surgeon is a Dr. Anton Wright, uh, and he specialises in kidney, liver, heart, and pancreas transplants. Uh, so. And it also said that he is a co-director of a life exchange research program. So I did some further investigation and uh, Googled this Dr. Anton Wright. And uh, no details came up for him except for a Dr. Anthony Wright, who is a dentist based in Houghton. So that's obviously not him. Mm-hmm. And uh, also did uh, call the number that was on the website, which takes you directly to a voicemail. So there wasn't actually anyone physically that I could speak to. And uh, the website domain name was bought via a proxy. So basically... According to my investigations and research, I would say it's more than likely definitely a hoax, uh, a clever little uh, elaborate campaign for a new local film that's uh, been produced and was actually just recently had their premiere. It's called Bypass. So, so this is all done in uh, as a as a promo for a correct for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know the sad part about this. I mean, it's all very funny and all the rest. If it is funny, but. Uh, there could be a lot of people that could be enticed into thinking, hold on a second, mm-hmm. I can get a lot of money for my organs, let exactly. me sell them. 100%. And uh, the wrong people would be doing that. Brent, uh, you know about social media. This is a silly thing, isn't it? Well, it's not just silly. It's it's massively damaging. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that is um, the work of what South Africa and, and people who work in the organ transplants or in those sort of industries, they are constantly trying to debunk myths. And I mean, we've spoken about religion, we've spoken about culture, we've spoken about people's perceptions. And, and to take it back 20 years is just irresponsible. I understand that there, that there's, um, clever people who sit around, a, a, I work in advertising. There's clever people that sit around a table and they all get their pads out and their creativity and they go, this will be a great idea to launch this movie. Damn man, the PR around this will be fantastic. We won't have to pay anybody to put sort of articles up. Uh, it'll have talkability on social media. And and it was oh, irresponsible. I think giving them more publicity now. Than it was yeah. it was irresponsible. It was incredibly irresponsible. Insensitive also. Insensitive. Yeah. From that, you realize um, it goes one step further. I don't know if you've seen the movie Bypass. I haven't. No. Okay. So Bypass took everything we know about organ donation and threw it in the bin, and it literally people were walking out of the movie theater going, "I'm not signing up. I'm not, I'm not signing up. That's crazy. Why would you ever?" Sign up to be an organ donor. And, and it's great and it's fantastic to celebrate South African film producers that are doing amazing things. But when you're on a global platform where you can be a content creator and you're being irresponsible, that's completely wrong. Mm. It's completely wrong. I think advertising has always been a bit tongue-in-cheek. And sometimes you have to sit and think, where's the limit? You know, you know what the difference is? And I said this in my show uh, early on. And I may have said it now. I don't actually remember. The only reason we care about organizations, initiatives, or charities is because it affects us. The only reason you'd give money to someone who is asking for breast cancer is because someone in your family has suffered from it, right? Um, if it's the same sort of place with organ donation and it's not part of your direct circle, then you seeing this movie for the first time and seeing this concept that they've concocted, um, it's going to turn you off completely. And when you walk away, you're going to turn other people off as well. 
And it's a huge problem. When we say that less than 1% of our population are on the organ donation list, this movie's done nothing to help it. Nothing at all. I, I get it. it. It had to be entertaining, but it needs to be entertaining to a point. There was a case a little while ago with the SBCA where they did the same thing with dogfighting. They put up all the, the um, trailer ads and the billboards and phone this number and get involved with pit bull fighting and place your bets now. And because we own pets, because as South Africans, majority of us have a cat or a dog or something, we cared. And we shouted and we were angry and we were angry with the SBCA and we were angry with the people that created the advert because less than 1% of our population are on the organ donation list. No one stood up for, for what we should be standing up for. What is the legality around that? On what they've done? On what they've done. Or is that quite a tricky? Uh, no, well, I think, you know, the, the answer is this and this is, uh, it's, it's a promo. It's, you know, it's tongue in cheek. It's not meant to be serious. It's obviously not serious is what the answer will be. You can't pay 140 rand per centimeter of, of skin and so on. It's just, uh, it reaches, I think it reaches kids. It reaches the wrong people. This organ trafficking in, in South Africa is a serious problem. Lines, you know that. Um, people are buying, Literally, they're buying eyes, and people are being murdered for the Muti murders. And exactly. All that. Uh, yeah. the, the, in the black community, this is called witchcraft, and mm. uh, nothing else but witchcraft. And the moment you start promoting something like this, it's more like promoting witchcraft to actually take place. So, mm. as a result, I think uh, from a legal point of view, they were irresponsible and very distasteful for them to actually do a promo in that manner. Yeah, it falls foul of the Advertising Standards Authority. I think they could be reported there, and I think they'd be wrapped over the knuckle. Oh, certainly. Yeah, and they but probably should be. It's it's a cheap it's a cheap way of trying to promote something. I think we all agree on that one. I think they mm. they should know that they have a responsibility. That many people are viewing this. Mm. What they could have maybe done at the end of the film is given de- details of organ donation or something like that, just to you know show that they do care. Yeah. Well done to the Stanton Chronicle and Jessica. Thank you. Nip. Nips. Nips. <laughs> Nips. I get that Nips. a lot. Jess. Um, it's all over the Santon Chronicle. If you want to have a look at the article that Jess wrote, just log on santonchronicle.co.za. Santon Chronicle on Facebook, yeah. yeah. And I think it'll be out in next week's paper, Santon mm. Chronicle. Well done on your investigations. It's Thank good that you. journalists just don't write stuff. They actually go and investigate. Oh, no, 100%. If my name's yeah. on the line, then I will definitely do my investigation. Cool. Well done to you. Thank you. Thanks. You want to wait for us? We're going to have pictures afterwards. You're going to get a picture with Brent. Yeah, He's got 50,000 Facebook friends as well. You'll be number 50,000. <laughs> 50, more, I think. How many you got now, Brent? Uh, I don't know. My Facebook, very like, popular my, guy my Facebook reaches like 7 million people a month. Oh, Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But here's the reality. And, and this is what I was going to say, yeah, right? You've got to get this message out to 7 million. Well, this yeah. is what I was going to say. Is I don't care. that that That's all come with the radio show. And it's really cool that I'm able to share good news with with many people the problem with uh, a movie like this the film and the PR around it is that they're chasing um, the clicks they want the fame it's the internet fame and the internet fame is not real so even once they get it uh, they've made the movie. It's out there. They've done the damage, and they'll just drift off into the darkness. It'll it'll all just disappear because that's it. It's not real. It's a flash in the pan. Um, I am going to phone someone, and I'm going to report them to someone. I want to do that. Yeah, we'll go to the Advertising Standards Authority. They'll take I'm going to get their number from you afterwards. Yeah. What about uh, who knows this one? Can we get kidneys uh, 3D printed? Is that available? Are there artificial kidneys around? Uh, I don't know about lungs. 
there's talk of, of all yeah, kinds of things. Yeah, I know there, there is a lot of talk and research going into like 3D printing or building lungs and growing lungs from stem cells. Mm. Um, unfortunately, nothing's available yet. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely possible in the future. Yeah. I mean, yes. lung transplants themselves are relatively new, mm. and so medical um, sort of discoveries and advancements are happening so quickly. So it's definitely something that we'll see at some point, but not on our, not when we needed it, and certainly not in the next sort of 10 years, I'd say, in South Africa. So it's a while. So we are relying on people's generosity. Yeah. Wonderful to know there are people like Janet Stone around. I hope she's listening and I, a further compliment to her. Um, it's a heartwarming story. We don't often get that because people that are the, the donors, are, as you in your cases, are not around to thank. Yeah, so, we, yeah, we want to thank as, as many people who are going to be donors as possible. Jacques, well done. What are you going to do on your 30th anniversary? Well, I'm just uh, organizing a, a little do at uh, the Wondrous Club. Yeah. At the tennis club. You'll invite us all there, I hope. Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, you better tell me because I'm bringing a case of champagne, so I must have to bring another second case of champagne. <laughs> so, uh, no, I would love to have you. And I think there's a significance there that whatever organ that you get and then you have that luxury you basically can lead absolutely a normal life mm. uh, and and as of, of very often standing on that tennis court I think to myself you know I like you yeah, I am it's amazing isn't it you really, it is yeah, so powerful one doesn't realize it yeah. and if I can just uh, bring the issue about the donation and I think on a, on a big drive myself you know, I don't know, I've been taught in love. If you wanted to receive, and I'm talking in general, you must be able to give. And if you're not prepared to give, sorry, Gary, mm. I don't see any reason why you should receive. <laughs> because it doesn't work two ways. Give and take. And that's where I'm going to go on a big drive and if possible, even to go a minister of health and 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 and, and uh, tell people it's a situation you can't have your cake and eat. It's as simple as that. Putting the bottom line, mm. and by asking or saying that, I haven't been unreasonable. You might need an organ desperately, and I mentioned the Can case. Can you donate your your uh, kidney? Well, they already been pickled, but I'm not sure how long they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> to be staying alive. Let's talk to Lionel about something that happened yesterday, I think, Lionel. Oh, yes. Uh, University of Stellenbosch, actually, and Tigerberg Academy, uh, Academic Hospital have recently just did another transplant where somebody actually donated their human organ. In this case, it was a penis. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and it oh. went successfully well. Oh. So Trust Lionel to find that article. Do you know much about it's, that? It's yeah. the third penis transplant, um, successful penis transplant in the world. And I think all three of them have, have happened in South Africa. Oh, yeah. Which is quite so interesting. So we are really breaking the, uh, the, the mold in South Africa. And I think we just need to really share the words and actually encourage people to become organ donors just so that at least we have more of it. The same way as we do with the, with the blood, tra uh, tra blood transplant, like SABS. Where we do the the banking of the blood, yeah, so let's do way. the same. Chris Barnard was it's fifty years ago, nineteen uh, sixty seven. Sixty seven. Mm. It's it's fifty years this year yeah. 
that he did the first heart transplant in Cape Town. And funnily enough, I saw this. He did a kidney transplant as well, the second one in the, in, in the world. I think the first was done in 1953 in the USA. And then he did the second kidney transplant in South Africa in October 1967. Oh, I, didn't know I didn't know either. I thought he only did the hearts, but yeah. he also did the kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lovely show. Is there anything before we let you go to our girls that you want to talk to us about? And le- where do people register if they want to be heart donors? There's a website. You want to talk to us about that? Um, yeah, so um, as we were saying, organ donations is incredibly important, and it's something that you don't think about until, unfortunately, it's too late. So mm. hopefully by sharing stories like ours and um, just educating the public, people will realize that it's a decision that you should be making today before it's too late. And um, you can register as an organ donor, um, but we encourage people to rather speak to your families, because in South Africa, if you are a registered organ donor, at the time of your at death, your family has to make the decision. So you mm. can be registered, but when you're or, um, you know, when the transplant coordinators approach your family, they can still say no. So we encourage people to tell their family and just really think about the decision that they're making. Can I make a suggestion as well? I think you should write to the Law Society. Uh, they have what they call a free wills week in September, mm. and they appoint certain lawyers to give the public a free will, simple will. I think they should also notify the attorneys that they should uh, request clients to consider organ donation in their will. Yes, yeah, so the, pro- the only issue with a will is unfortunately, you, you know, like Shay was saying earlier, when you're looking at something like a lung, which mm. has got four hours outside yeah, the body, ex- absolutely, by yeah. the time you've looked at a will, but I mean, it is something that will help, at least it's, it's well, at least the conversation is brought up. the family's told that yeah. uh, it's in my will, so make sure yes, that it happens. don't override. Uh, yeah, I think that's where it should appear. And the thought comes into your thought process when you're drawing yes, up the will yeah. to think about it. Do, is that not a standard? If you're drawing up a, a will, a living will, do, does the attorney or the advocate not ask? Ask that as one of the questions. No, they don't. Because I feel yeah. like when I did my will, it was asked. It's mm. part of your possessions. You should. They, they really. It's not something that is commonly asked. Mm. It's only probably asked by an attorney like me who understands, you know, what I've been through with radio shows. But generally, the attorney doesn't consider that. He considers money, money, and how much he can make. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, it's all about the house and the assets and all the rest. So I think mm. that uh, all our attorneys listening to my show, please. Ask that of uh, mm. of the of the client. Your organs are your biggest asset that you leave behind. Yeah, good. Brent Lindekue, the South African answer to Graham Norton. It's a massive compliment that. I'm going to tweet that. That's yeah. like the, that's the best compliment I received yeah. today. I heard yesterday. Uh, what did they call me for? The sandwich guy. Someone called me the sandwich guy. Why? Well, th- when the neck nominations happened, I, ha- uh, I handed over a sandwich. Maybe and just repeat. I mean, everyone knows, but maybe not on my show. The neck nominations was a fantastic. Well, it, sta- it started off as a really silly idea. It was four years ago. Um, it started in Australia, and it was all about drinking, Mr. Frenchman. Um, <laughs> and the whole concept was to drink as much as you could uh, in an online space and then um, nominate other people to do what you were doing while doing a really silly act like jumping out of a helicopter or drinking goldfish or really stupid. People were doing really stupid things. And it came to South Africa and I thought about that. There was a whole bunch of things going on in my head at the time. But one of the biggest is, is um, the fact that a huge portion of our population live in poverty. It's a huge problem. And, um, and social media at that point, it was still so young that no one had really utilized it to do good. And this viral campaign had sort of come to the South African shores. And I decided that instead of just drinking, because I drink, that's easy. I can do tequila on a bar on a Friday like no one's business. But it's easy. 
why don't I try and utilize um, this this medium to try and do good? And I did, and it was a Friday, and I handed over a sandwich, and that's why that person called me a sandwich guy. But I handed over a sandwich, and uh, it was the first YouTube video I ever put up. And when I woke up the next day, um, I had half a million views of the YouTube video, which was just unheard of four years ago. Mm. And and CNN had phoned me. I'd missed calls, like international numbers, CNN, BBC, Sky News. Uh, and I went viral. It was a real thing. I went viral. Um, I landed up on, on Oprah, on Ellen DeGeneres. It was just, it was absolutely insane. Really, really cool uh, experience. And from that, I decided, uh, A, I love radio. And B, um, I need to use whatever platform I've given to do good. And that's what I do now. Now I have the radio show every Tuesday, punting myself at yeah, 10 a.m., yeah. the good stuff on Cliff Central. I also have one of the top media, top 40 media houses in South Africa called goodthingsguide.com. We only share good news. Um, and I vlog. I'm on YouTube as well. So I'm a vlogger. That's what I do. That's what I, I get yeah, paid that to Nick do. Yeah, Nick Nominations was about nominating someone else to do good as well. It became that. Yeah. So, so I got nominated, I think, as a result of having you on my show. And I went down to Checkers. You had to do a good deed and there was a little old lady there and she was paying for her groceries it came to like 28 rand or something and I walked up and very shyly I said please can I pay for this and she's like shoot me away <laughs> humble, humble from me. you're like what do you want what do you want so that was uh, that's what happened to me no but that's great stuff yeah man and it was cool being on your show Gary I like your show it's very informative and um, you know sitting with a lawyer you sometimes think that they they are yeah, not dull and boring well this is yeah, I was yeah, going to say well. that <laughs> I just didn't know on, on how to say that by sitting on the fence but you're not dull and boring and you're interesting and the show is educational and I think it's Really cool, and thank what you've you. done today is massive. I think it'll, it'll travel you. leaps and bounds. On behalf of the show, thank you. Oh, it's big coming from Many you. thanks to all yeah. of you to Jacques Lambiati, Shailene Perry, and Fawn Rogers. Well done, guys. No, well done, and keep going. Thank and we're going to bring you thanks back. So thanks for having us. No, thank okay. you. Thank you, you very much for uh, having us. But I just like to, yeah. you know, to, sh- to share maybe a little story. Well, we've got a few seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll rather to leave it. Well, in the I next think you time. better leave it to the thirtieth at the Wanderers. The whole town, the whole country's invited. Just contact. <laughs> but that in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you be, be a great very celebration. Very well welcome. Done, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Cliffcentral.com.